The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 115 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today I have brought back someone that you might recognize. He is the lead flusher in the Soiled Russian Cinema podcast. Currently on hiatus, but hopefully back very, very soon. And, uh, you know, a relatively good friend at this point is on a night. How you doing, sir? Good, sir. Glad to be back. It's glad to have you. And... This, uh, today we're going to be talking about Polar, the Netflix original film, but uh, very quick, get the uh, regular stuff out of the way. If you want to get a hold of us about anything that's been said, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blokebusters. You can check out our website, blokebusters.com. You can email us at theblokesatblokebusters.com. You can also go to podbros.com and check out our stuff as well as uh, many other fine people on there and if you want to help us kind of keep the lights on keep it keep it going pay the server cost just a little bit even a dollar a month at our patreon would be very 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 much appreciated and that is patreon.com slash blokebusters podcast so with all that out of the way i say we dive straight in so polar <laughs> this film i heard about it on netflix when it came out, because Netflix did the thing that it did, which is, uh, oh, hey, here's one of our original content. Why don't we have an ad every time you open up Netflix at this point? So I I knew absolutely nothing about this before they released it. And uh, then they released it, and I saw the trailer, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That could be good. Um, Could be terrible, but it could be good. So uh, I was trying to think, it seemed like something that uh, would be good for us to review. And then I was like, who could I possibly get to come on and talk about a film <laughs> like this? And, uh, yeah, you were pretty much the first person that popped into my head for this one. <laughs> yep, first and only. That's... <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I had you. I didn't even know this film existed. I This is one of those ones Paul says, hey watch this and we're going to review it. So I watched it completely out of context. I didn't see the trailer. I, I have no knowledge of it. Well, so first of all, I'm, well, there's two things. Number one, I had to miss the Leaving Neverland documentary for this shit. Um, <laughs> and I would rather be watching Michael Jackson uh, have sleepovers uh, than poor Mads Mikkelsen killing a lot of people. Okay. Uh, number two, it's not about fucking polar bears. And so I'm, t- I'm going to take issue there. So I think, I think we had, those are my two main bullet points. We can move forward. <laughs> I was saying, this will be a very quick review. <laughs> we can, we can uh, yeah, elaborate, but uh, those are my two uh, sticking points. Uh, right. Michael Michael Jackson is not in this, so we have to throw the first one right out the window. Uh, and the, well, there's no polar bears either, so you know, I guess, I guess we're shot. <laughs> That's it, folks. 
Hope you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that really short. Yeah. No, no Michael Jackson, no polar bears. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff like excessive nudity and violence. Jesus, Paul. Uh, you're the last person on earth that I thought would recommend this kind of film for me to watch. Usually, I'm the asshole that comes forward and say, "Hey, we're gonna flush this one." Uh, hey, it is. I'm... I've seen some violent stuff in my time, but this was brutal, and I mean brutal. Um, there's a lot of. Well, we can get into it, but it, it's. It's excessive, guys. <laughs> well, um, I will. I'll be perfectly honest and say, at the time I said, "Hey, I think we should review this," I had not sat down to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because when I started well, five minutes in. I'm like, he must not have seen this film before we started reviewing this. This is not. This is not a Paul Hawkins uh, pick by any means. It's. I don't even know who this audience is for. Like who. Well, it, like, I guess we should back up. It is based on a graphic novel, so we should, we should, we should, we should address that right off the bat. It's a comic book movie again. Um, yeah, it, it's based off of a um, a graphic novel, but it's also available online on this website to to read for free. And it is almost entirely without dialogue. Oh Jesus, really? Yeah, uh, all right, yeah, that explains some of the movie then. Um, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of it, there's a lot of chatty. Well, some of it, some of it. Yeah. Um, did you read? Did you look at the comic at all? I did not. Obviously, I, I have no comic. I looked at um, like the first chapter. Right. Same thing. Of it after I saw it, um, and yeah, the the first chapter of the uh, the web comic or the comic, however we want to to call it, is possibly I would say the most memorable scene from the film. So, uh, but it's oh, like which the, one was that? There's a couple of I think there's a couple standout scenes in this film. Oh, yeah. I, I I would say uh, when the team is trying to get him in his cabin. Oh, that's actually probably the highlight of the movie. We'll get into that. We'll, we can cover that a little later. But yeah, that so, that was that was probably the one point yeah. that I can say that's awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> so so yeah, the um, the film is based on that, and it it does pull f- from that, but it it does have. Um, a fair number of differences. Obviously, there is dialogue in this film because uh, a lot of Netflix it. would have called for a film of this nature with no dialogue in it. Uh, but I wish they had tried. I wish it was a little less. I mean, the problem is it's it's a little too comic booky, and that's that's some of the issue I have with it. Um, I think maybe uh-huh. if they went went in that direction where it was a little bit more muted, that be and shorter. I think I'm going to take. We'll talk about length of the film. It is about ten <laughs> to fifteen minutes, a little too long. I think you could have easily done this in 90, 96 minutes rather than drag it out. Some of it just really dies. I mean, that midsection really dies, but we can talk about it. Yeah, maybe we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the film as well. So it, this was directed by, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but I assume it's along the lines of uh, uh, Jonas Ackland. That's close, like close enough. And uh, uh, for like... people that uh, don't recognize the name, other than how terrible I said it, um, he is a director. However, he is primarily known for directing music videos. Uh, he's oh, also wow. that a explains drummer. that explains a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, he was a drummer in a Swedish black metal band. Now, oh, Christ Almighty, for, for a year, he he's directed a whole bunch of music videos, including the Prodigy "Smack My Bitch Up." Oh, all right. Well, now he gets a couple bonus points for that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a yeah. great wedding song, folks. I actually know someone that was their wedding song. Uh, oh, okay. For the first, for the first dance, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, props for that. We give him credit for. All right, so he's basically a music director, and some of it, it just shows the style. Definitely, some of it's a little over edited. Um, so we we get that. 
Right. Yeah, and if you if you go and look at the things that he is known for, um, directing and stuff like that, then yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite a lot of music videos yeah. for many different bands, and then a few documentaries and um, a couple of films here and there. So uh, obviously, Polar being the most recent one. So so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It, you don't see that happened too much where it'll be uh, like even for Netflix like to to pull someone who isn't really known for this sort of thing to do a two hour long feature film like yeah it's, it's long uh, <laughs> but Michael Bay got a whole career out of this he was a music video director too so I mean yeah, now this guy's a little bit better than Michael Bay I'm mean, just in terms of coherent you know just holding shots a little longer but uh yeah <laughs> uh but yeah there's a bunch of these guys that have kind of poured it over from from music videos i guess it, it, i you know i take issue with the, the style of the whole film I, if it was a little bit more muted and and not as comic booky as they as they want to be i think i think it would be more effective because there's a lot of over editing uh, especially in those flashback scenes which after about the yeah. third time we had to watch the same footage of somebody getting shot in the head i was starting <laughs> to get a migraine and believe me there's a lot of that in this film yeah and uh <laughs> Yes, quite a lot. Uh, Jesus. Anyway, the the cast of this film, uh, very interesting. Well, wait, cause... back up, because this film should have been called Fall. It should have been called. Is that who I think it is? Because <laughs> about seven times in this movie, actors show up that have no business being in this movie at all, and I had to look at them and go, "Is that who I think it is?" And every one, I was right. I guess yeah. we, we won't spoil some of them. Let's, well, well, you have to get just go through a chronological. We get the, but yeah, go through the main cast. So it's it's Mads Mikkelsen, and if you yeah. idiots don't know that, it's that's the guy who's the father of Jenner. So in fucking Rogue One, that's all we got to say about him. He is <laughs> he plays the same character you've seen in every other aging hitman story ever filmed. Uh, we'll talk more about him, but that's that's who that is. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens, I'm not familiar with. She's the um, sing along shit, right? Music. High school musical? Uh, yes. Is that her? Yes, I believe she was. Um, and, or just think just think Natalie Portman from Leon. And that's who that character uh, is. Yeah, Kinda yeah. sorta, right? Right? Yeah. Well, well by the end. We'll, I don't want to give it away. And then yeah. Catherine Winnick, God, if we're not sick of Catherine Winnick, we flushed her ass in some horrible horror film she was in years ago. But for you um Viking fans, it's Lagardia or Lethargia or whatever the fuck her name is. Uh, she turns up here, and then there's what we'll get into the other. There's like most of them are cameos. Anything after these top three, right? Or just based, um, I mean, with the ahead. with the exception of what I thought was the most <laughs> random casting for this sort of a film I have ever seen. Yeah, what was your pick? Because I got a couple, but go ahead. Well, just I mean, Matt Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that knows anything about Matt Lucas's body of work will be utterly shocked that I just said he was in this. <laughs> I had no... Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, this is so far out from anything I've ever seen him do that it was a complete shock to me when I first saw him on screen. And then by the end of the film, I was just kind of enjoying watching what he was trying to do. Oh, my God. he's Well, but, he's basically uh, <laughs> playing an Austin Powers villain. I mean, that's really what he, what what it what he comes across, and he yeah. doesn't get much above that. Unfortunately, there's no, no real. Yes. It's not a character there. It's just just a typical stock, you know, villain that we've seen in a, like it was Zoolander, could be a Zoolander villain. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's off the charts. I have to I have to say they they do get some mileage out of him, maybe a little too yeah. much. But all right, yeah. Sorry, right, that was your shocking. Um, yeah, that that was Ooh. for me just just in terms of juxtaposition. 
right. of uh, what you would expect. Yeah, that was okay. the he's most your heavy. one. He was, he's your heavy in this one. Uh, <laughs> and I don't even know what he does to be. I, I don't think I got that, like, what he was the head of. I'm, it's not a super villain organization. I think he was a... He was the guy who's supposed to. Well, I'm talking about. He, he owns the company. That's supposed to pay off the, the assassins. Oh, that. Okay, basically now we're in John Wick territory. Okay, so, see, folks, you can just add in your own. You can sprinkle in your own uh, assassin movie, and it'll fit right in with a lot of this stuff. You've seen all of this before, folks. You've seen all, with the exception of one sequence we'll talk about uh, in that cabin. Uh, yeah. All of it you've pretty much have seen uh, from John Wick on down. <laughs> Yeah, Not that it's, it's a bad thing necessarily. I just it just it, but it's it's it. This is cobbled together from a lot of other stuff, uh, and like I said, very little of it is original uh, in terms of the, either the writing or the visuals. Like with the exception of like some clever sequences, like the cabin thing we're going to talk about, yeah. and the end sequence, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, um, I mean, it, I will say it's probably a good thing that you didn't see the trailer because there is. Oh, I wouldn't one... have done this. I would have just been like not doing it. So that's <laughs> a good. It, thing. It doesn't quite look like it does in the film. Oh, really? Just watch the trailer, oh. but they do give away. Um, I'll just say before we get into it, they do yeah. give away the big gun scene. Oh, see, I wish they had. You know, good. Oh, it's a good thing I didn't see the trailer. I would have been pissed because that's a really good sequence. That 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 was nicely shot. I thought. Yeah. When you get to it, okay. So they do give. Yeah, poor Mads Mikkels. This guy. <laughs> and he's a, like he's a solid actor, but he's like ah, we'll talk about it. He's, but he's your, he's just your stock aging assassin. He wants to retire. Like, what's the crux of the plot here? He, he wants to retire, and he just wants his pension, right? And they don't want to give it to him. Is that- yeah, ba- uh, basic premise is that um, this company that he works for, when you reach the age of 50, you are forced into retirement. And the way that the retirement scheme works is whatever you paid in, the company matches, and they'll give it to you um, upon the day of your retirement, but the guy who owns the company has sort of put it into debt and is trying to sell it off. Oh, okay. But, yes. but his solution is to kill off the assassin before they turn 50. Which is like the dumbest idea ever. Yeah, right. Because in the contract, if nobody puts an act of kin, the money goes straight back to the company. Yeah, but and you're trying to kill off your best assassin with other lesser assassins, and that's... Big yeah, problem, I mean, guys, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I want to spoil anything, but you pretty much know what's going to happen. Uh, this yeah, doesn't go yeah. over well with Matt with Mad's character, who plays. I thought his name was Polar. I wish that was the name of his character, but no, it's his name is some other weird Duncan, right? Is it Duncan? Yeah, Duncan, yeah, Duncan. yeah he's known as the Kaiser, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, everyone but film, has a, a code name. <laughs> I, well, but yeah, but so I don't know where the Polar comes in. Maybe because it took place in Montana. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's. Uh, the webcomic is called Polar Came from the Cold. Which is a terrible name. And also, this we should mention it was co-written by the guy who wrote the comic, which is not usually the best idea um, if you're trying to get a separate vision of it. So uh, Jason Rothwell is the other screenwriter on this film, and Victor Santos, he wrote the graphic novel. A Dark Horse, by folks, if you want to read. And like you said, it's online. I guess you maybe should put a yeah, link, link in your yeah, show notes. Yeah, you go to his website. Um, it, I will say, anyone that's looking to do this, and I, I would recommend at least checking it out, seeing if it's for you, Um uh, if you if you well, enjoy this... the visuals of Sin City, then you'll very much like the comics because it looks a lot like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also not for kids. We should mention it. Oh no, no. It's very, TVMA. I mean, this is an excessively violent film, even for me, and I, I can tolerate a lot. <laughs> um, yes, this is not for kids, folks. Don't don't let your twelve year old watch it. No, it's uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, it it is a little bit 
difficult to navigate because um, uh, the way it works is uh, you had to go, you had to find the first page, and then it feels like you work backwards oh, really? rather than forwards. Yeah, because the um, the button to go to the next page is on the left hand side. Oh come on, really? So <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, it's not a perfectly put together website, but I feel like it's just a website to have the thing online. Uh, right and so you know it's that's kind of his advertising his stuff and then you can from there buy the novel itself if you want to get that so if you don't want to have to go all the way through that you can do it oh my god yeah <laughs> i wish he shot the movie like that just backwards <laughs> like the openings in the middle uh probably would have made more sense i'd say yeah, kind of do polar memento yeah, yeah, <laughs> which might have been more interesting if you sort of like mix some of this around. But uh, okay, that's yeah, that's... all right. So that's the that's the crux of the plot, folks. He just so that's how it starts out. It starts out. Yeah, uh, for... he he is two weeks from retirement. Yeah, the that old school. Ah, <laughs> uh, one day from retirement now. Um, but yeah, he is two weeks from retirement, and he's asked to go on a job uh, to kill someone, which he doesn't want to take. Uh, right. Until he is offered double the money to do it. Well, don't forget the opening, though. We open it with those other killers in Chile. And if you want to uh, give a, yes. give away, is that is that who I think it is? Cameo number one. Yep, Mister uh, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, himself. the fucking jackass guy turns up at the head of this film, literally in the first minute. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought we were watching. I was hoping we were going to watch a jackass movie. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, go well. And some hot chick. There's always like and some smoking hot chick. I was, it's just one of the killers, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. she's one of the group. So yes. it's one. Of, there's like a bunch of bad killers, guys. And there's like four or five of them, and they're all weird, fucking looking. This is something you'd see out of um, just another one. He's over stylized, like a John Wick film. They all have like characters and they have weird outfits and that kind of shit. So they end up killing Knoxville. I guess he was a target for. He was another, right? Wasn't he another? Yeah, he, assassin, he, right? That retired. He was. That's to say, it, I'm not 100% sure. I feel like <laughs> the idea is that he was supposed to be just about to retire, oh. but he was already at his house. Like, oh no right. So it's like, it, it feels like he would already have been retired, which means that the money wouldn't have gone back to the company. Right. And, and there's so. a Viagra joke in that scene, which is funny as, funny as a Viagra joke could be, I guess. Um <laughs> Well, the same, I bet you Knoxville himself asked for that. He so. probably did. Yeah, he did. The guy does die at full mast. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gets killed. and that's, uh, But again, this is all over-stylized stuff that you've seen. Lots of close-ups and insert shots and snap zooms and uh, and a lot of blood. And I'm telling you guys, there's a lot of blood in this film. It is gr- CGI and real. It's gruesome. The movie is yeah. flat-out gruesome. I, I will say that uh, when it comes down to... Uh, the amount of blood in it, like it, it is quite obviously over the top. Yes, with regard to that, and I actually kind of enjoyed that aspect to it. If they leaned into it, I thought it'd be better. They didn't really. I mean, it's presented as you know, it's there, but it's not. There's no humor to it. Like well, it's just, yeah, it's just I mean, a lot. Especially at a hall. There's a hallway sequence later, much later in the movie, where uh, <laughs> Mickelson just goes on and on and on, and after a while, you do start laughing. Because yeah. you kind of get it, uh, but then I don't know. I, I don't know if there's enough winking to say, you know, well, to to throw it over the top, you know. Well, in 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 scenes like that, I feel like they were trying to go more um, gritty, like the hallway scene. Uh, but <laughs> in some scenes, uh, for instance, uh, I would say the um, uh, the large 
gentleman in the last place that they're trying to look for him. Oh, the, uh, the, yeah, the yeah, fat that, guy. It takes uh, yeah. probably, I think, six clips overall from the different guns that are trained on the Yeah, guy. <laughs> that guy like, gets so good. Yeah, like that was the point for me that was them basically telling you, like, we know. No. Like, yeah, this is a lot. We know, but we're doing it anyway. It's, uh, so they're but, hunting down people who are going to retire or about to retire. And, of course, and then we're introduced to that fat guy, uh, Matt Lucas, uh, who is our villain, who is our Bond villain for this time out. An assortment yes. of yellow, yellow suits, red suits, very colorful guy. Um, and if I guess yeah. if you're not if you're familiar with Matt Lucas, this will be a shock for you. So. Very much so, yes. Um. <laughs> and Chris, said, we, Catherine Winnick, we should mention she's the number one um, person. She's the number one too. She's the Robert Wagner character to the Matt Lucas character in this film. Uh, Winnick doesn't get to do anything fun at all. Uh, I never thought she was that great of an actress, but she doesn't. <laughs> get naked at all sorry folks and um she just says the same thing every time speak right every time she answers the fucking phone speak speak like we get yeah, it pretty much yeah she's um uh oh she did like a little girl's butt though right isn't there a strip club scene later on uh, was, I, I yeah. believe i believe that's right yeah so that's kind of cool so if you're into that i guess that's your one that's the best i can give you folks sorry um <laughs> but otherwise she's pretty straight in this she doesn't really have much uh to do yeah and it, it's one of those things where i feel like her character is kind of pointless. Um, well, you need somebody to talk to. The, he, she's the direct contact to Mads Mikkelsen's character. Well, well yeah. And she, yeah she's you need somebody one, to do that, but it it, could, I guess it could have been anybody. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's the thing. I, I feel like it was just, uh, well, this guy isn't going to listen to the owner of the company, so we need someone that he's clearly got history with. But... But is she an assassin too? Because if she is, she doesn't do anything in the movie to to warrant that. Like I thought she'd be going up against you know Mads at the end of the film, and she doesn't. That does not happen. No, I, um, I feel like she's effectively just head of HR. <laughs> and, how uh, do you just... how do you hire the the Viking from Viking, and give her nothing to do in this film? Like that lady just chopped heads off right for four seasons. I don't understand. Why you yeah. would why you hired this woman and not not utilize her talents? You know, for you know whether it's being a you know she is she does have to do stunts. She can do stunts. Give her something to do. I know you could have got anybody to do that. You could have got any bimbo to to do that part. Right. It could have it could have been like with uh, Matt Lucas being in it. It could be <laughs> they were trying to do with a lot of the role just subvert what you think is going to happen. So like you get the person who has been in viking to do nothing you get the person who had been in little britain to be this swearing torturing person like uh... (laughs) matt lewis lucas is like ben stiller in a fat suit that's that's what it came ben stiller was in doing one of his fat suit characters that's matt lucas in this movie that's basically what he's doing it's just an snl sketch for two Uh, hours not a bad uh, one but it's it's really off the charts for kudos uh, to matt for doing it i mean it could literally could have got anybody overacting that but uh, he does go 100. He, does, he is 100%. I don't know if it's in the right direction, but he is, he definitely is 100% in this movie. Yeah, you know, I I would actually say not just Ben Stiller in the suit, like uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Oh, yeah. Oh, there. that's a better one. All right, I'm going to give it. We'll give Paul with a win on that one. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, that's what you're kind of getting, but that's the problem, I think, tonally with a film. You have that outrageous character and then you have some really nice quiet moments either between Mick you know Mads and Hutchins which I thought which is a much different movie 
Uh, and it just never balances the two. So I, I didn't know which way the film wanted to go. Is it supposed to be more a Leon meditation? Or is it supposed to be this big cartoonish John Wick type style over the topness? It never, I don't think it ever, it, it really doesn't blend well. But Yeah, yeah well, I, I say, I, I got the, the feeling uh, from watching it that that's kind of the whole point is that obviously whenever you see uh, Mickelson with Hudgens, it's, they're just, it's him trying to just, he's out, he's retiring, he's waiting. He's just waiting for the money so that he can just leave and get on with his life. Whereas everything else is this life of his isn't going to leave him behind. So it's just this constant clashing of the two worlds. But I can totally see what you're saying in that it, it really Yeah, some tone so shifts here. Yeah. All right, so uh, Mick, in the meantime, Mads goes to his, he has a cabin in the middle of the woods in Montana. Now, I will cite, uh, Paul, that the cinematography is excellent. That's the one thing I will say about this film. I don't yeah. know who the DP on this was. I didn't bother to scroll down far enough on my NDB, but uh, it's <laughs> stunning. There's some really stunning, beautiful images, especially Montana, and, the, and the, if it was actually filmed there, but, uh, you know, mountain backdrops and snow and this nice cabin, and across from the other cabin, across the lake, there's another cabin, and that's where Vanessa Hudgens' character is, and we don't know who she is yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out, yeah, it's, it's well, she's, yeah, there's kind of a Leon type vibe here, but anyway, she's and also, why did they stick Vanessa Hudgens in a Dutch boy wig? Her hair looks terrible. She looks like a nine-year-old orphan boy. I mean, it's re- come on, man. This isn't a beautiful woman. They've really dialed her back. Um, that hair, I don't know if it's a wig or she actually cut her hair that short, but it just looks terrible. Well, not, not having read too far into the comic, I can only assume that that one was actually fairly close to the to the comic, because, as you say, it is a bit of an well, odd choice. Yeah, but that, uh, this is the problem, Paul. We've circled this. We've, we've been around the train on this before, where not everything that's in comic form translates successfully to the moving image. Like, you yeah. can't... Everything's not really adaptable. Some things just look better in a stylized 2D flat image on a page. Uh, and, for instance, her hair may look great, but you see it on screen here, and somebody... I don't know if it was the wedding... You know, the costume designer the whoever the wig person was it looks like a wig and it just looks it was so distracting she has these bangs and a wig i'm telling you little dutch boy it's just absolutely terrible wig but anyway that aside from that unfortunately she doesn't have much to do for much of the movie until the very end so she's sidelined a lot and that's too bad because i thought some of their scenes together were actually quite nice um yeah yeah it was very interesting to watch and then think back on afterwards because it's quite clear that there's something going on with her, but yeah. I didn't feel like they telegraphed it too much. No, no, they didn't actually. I was actually kind of surprised, but the, but the problem is it's kind of a cheat because you only get so much of that flashback from him. So by yeah. the time you know, then it reveals at the end. So it's kind of it's one of these flashback cheats, folks, and we know how much we love those. Um, yeah, and I, I personally I feel that uh, I mean it obviously wouldn't have made sense in as far as. Um, um, yeah, and of course we're just spoilers across the whole board here. We've <laughs> already done it a few times, but he's paying money every single month, uh, or even year. I'm not. I'm still not 100 sure exactly how it worked out, but he's paying money to pay for the surviving member of the family's education. Right. But good, I yeah. feel I feel like what, the way it should have worked is that he like he pulls open the thing and he sees everyone dead. But then he finds out after the fact that one was actually still alive, you know? Like, yes. 
<laughs> I, I feel like that would have been sort of more for him, like, cause, you know, just staring into this one kid and just realizing what happened. But I think finding out afterwards would have been even more of a you know, shock for his character. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoilers, folks. Um, <laughs> we should have mentioned that. We really should have mentioned that twenty minutes ago. Um, Poor Mickelson, though. He keeps walking around with this expression on his face like he's trying to pass a kidney stone. Doesn't he? Guys, he's so miserable. He just doesn't... He looks so uncomfortable in every scene he's in. I know that's the character, and he's supposed to be brooding. Uh, I actually like this guy, but, you know, he just never... He's like the Chuck Norris face, the constipated expression. Um, you know, and that's it. And when he's sitting, he's just... There's no joy. Uh, the one, there's one funny joke, and they didn't run with it far enough, was how he... When he killed the dog accidentally... And he has, and he goes to get the new pet. He, that should have kept going. Like he should have killed the fish, and it should have been a cat. You could have had a great running joke with that. It just accidentally keeps <laughs> killing his companions in the cabin. But so, folks, yeah, there's a dead dog joke, which I thought was actually pretty funny. But I say, well, and um, and yes, before we get hate mail for that, like it's no, there is. It's not hate mail. <laughs> no, no, I mean, let's say it, it is. It sounds terrible, but it actually is very well. It's actually really funny. Done. Yeah, yeah. Dogs and not killed on screen, so it's not not a big deal, folks. Yeah, and and it was also, I was almost wondering if it was a nod to John Wick. Yeah, it might. Yeah, again, some of this is like yeah, this is a lot of hodge, hodgepodge from other stuff and a lot of yeah. Uh, that could be John Wick. I thought that when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's a kind of a funny John Wick. But then it became a fish, and I just wish it kept going. He could have had a cat, then a bird, you know. But he, you know, it would have been a great runner. Runner, I would have been yeah. a really, really funny runner. They could have done. Yeah, I was expecting the fish to be dead when he finally came back to the cabin. Either that, or he knocked over the bowl. I thought would have been interesting. And the next scene, he would have a cat. I thought logically, he would go cat, and then bird. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, he comes back and the fish are alive and he's really happy about it, but then he just knocks the ball. Yeah, he just accidentally, yeah, he just, yeah, and then he, he's like, shit. And the next, and what is it? That he kept changing books. Like, first was how to care for your new dog, and then it was how to care for your new fish. He could have yeah. kept going with that guy. See, they, it was a waste. That's a wasted. That would have pushed it a little bit, the material a little bit into more funnier, because that has to balance out the excessive violence, and I mean excessive. I keep <laughs> circling back to that, folks, but it is, it is a grisly. Between the nudity, uh, including several sex scenes, one of which is a real corker uh, in the cabin. <laughs> you know, if you want to see Mads Mikkelsen ass, this is the movie for you. If that's what you've been waiting for, folks, that's that's uh, we. I, I think I, we can I check think, that box for you. Yeah, I, I think that's why Netflix made the film. They're like, we've been getting so many letters. <laughs> we want to see Matt? We needed we need some Mads Mikkelsen nudity, uh, <laughs> and kudos to that woman for doing that scene too. I don't know what her name is, but. Man, she went hundred. She was a hundred percent in that scene. Uh, that's believe, a little further down. Uh, Cindy, it's uh, Ruby O'Fee. Ah, Ruby. I have to look up your modeling photos, honey. Uh, <laughs> so, so he's hiding out the cabin. He meets. There's another girl across the cabin away. He helps her chop wood and that kind of shit. And there's kind of some interesting. And he's going through the town. Meanwhile, they the the fucking the four gang of assassins are going around on orders from the from the Austin Powers villain to. <laughs> Hunt down, hunt down this guy and kill him. So basically, they have to find him and, and they have to go to the accountant and they kill him. But everywhere they go, they they end up killing the person they're interrogating violently, and I mean violently. <laughs> yes, because um, their remit is leaving no witnesses behind. Wow, Jesus! And they, they don't, they don't. Yeah. But I wish those people were funnier. I think I think there was some potential, like that guy with the red haired guy. I thought he was kind of interesting. 
And then uh, and there's that Asian chick, which you've seen in every other movie. She's the main killer, I guess. And then there's that the hot chick we told we were talking about here. Uh, th- I think there could have been more like interesting, you know, uh, Tarantino style dialogue between the the four of them to make it to liven it up. I think yeah. not all not all stuff plays well. It's very Tarantino ish in that kind of sense. Yeah, I mean, that, and I I feel like what could have been uh, more well done would be if you had uh, Mads' character speak like half as much as he does in the film <laughs> but then you have these guys who apparently can't shut up no they can't <laughs> also when matt speaks you can barely understand him. you really got to pay attention some of his dialogue he mumbles a lot of it and that yeah. that's gets distracting after a while yeah i had the subtitles on because no did uh, you oh i didn't yeah, i should have done that I, at this point in my life i realized that uh, for the most part, I need the subtitles for a film yeah, because there's always a line that you miss because either something goes on yep. and you, you're not paying that much attention, or they're speaking quietly while there's loud music. And yeah, I, I, with my partial hearing loss, I need the subtitles yes. at this point. So yes, I, you I find that it, it typically helps, especially in a film like this. Yeah, well, yeah, which is is loud. It's a very loud movie too, and it's when it explodes in violence and there's a lot like but those four people or the four or five of them they can't shut the fuck up um so every scene they're in they're running their mouth and they're arguing and bickering and there's a heroin junkie at one point some chick and she's in there yeah and she's that comes the girlfriend of the uh, the ginger haired guy and, <laughs> yeah apparently maybe i think that's what i, I put guess i don't know i don't know if that was yeah what, what happened in that bathroom but that was that was a little weird uh, so yeah, they're basically having a hunt, and eventually they're gonna they'll end up finding Mister Um, uh, Mickelson at his uh cabin, and this I guess we yeah, we should come to this scene. Yeah, although I, uh, just uh, before that, um, the the scene where Mads goes to the school. Oh no, um, that you know what? That's a standout scene, Paul. I'm gonna yeah, you're right. No. That that's one of the best scenes of the movie because it first of all it would never happen. Okay, so no, but well, if we I can want forgive to see that, the permission uh, slip for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he decides to teach an assassin's demonstration, and for these kids are what fifth grade, fourth grade. They were really young, but yeah, that's uh, a very funny scene. Um, he's like, anyone want to see here what a uh, oh, dead body after three days or something like that? I think it was three weeks. Oh, three yeah, weeks yeah. in the sun. And the kids there are like, go. no, we have it. He goes, here you go. Have at it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great scene. I don't know how that – it looks like a, it was added. It didn't look like organic to the rest of the narrative, but never – because it just sort of happens. It's like he's there, and I'm like, well, why is he here? And then he's outside talking to her. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of a direct, um, like, again, juxtapositions to a scene that he'd had before. When she's saying that, you know, you should teach kids. And he's just like, no, uh, I don't know how to talk to kids. And then <laughs> <laughs> he actually does know how to talk. It was actually a very funny practical yeah. uh, demonstration. So, yeah, that's a very good scene. Again, it would never happen. You know, you have to suspend disbelief. Oh, that yeah. One, yeah, that, yeah. That teacher would have shut him down immediately. But uh, yeah, yeah well, especially when he was like, OK, he'd pass the knife around. Like, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> So yeah, that's a good, I will cite that out. That's that's a very good scene. Um, again, yeah. like, if there was more funny stuff like that, I think it'd be a little bit warmer of a movie. But it's a um, you know it goes from that to you know just bloodshed. Over, yeah, which I, I think I think we've earned the right to get into now. <laughs> so yes, that the the cabin scene it it starts out with uh, him picking up someone on the side of the road and like. We know at this but, point that the person he's picking up is uh, it's a hot chick at the, the, yeah, the beginning of the film. No, 
But shouldn't we say that that's the he's like really a terrible assassin? No, there's no assassin that would do that. Like uh, he would not put himself at risk by having not only picking her up but taking her back to his cabin. Like it was, I, it's kind of weird that he would. Is it in character for him to do that? I mean, I know he screwed that chick earlier in the movie, that Asian chick. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't mention that whole fight. He he goes to kill that guy. We should mention in a hotel room, and uh, that's gruesome. <laughs> he nails him to the wall. Remember the fat guy? Oh yes, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That <laughs> really sets the tone. Into the wall. Yeah, but anyways, he was screwing some like really a uh, real hot chick with a kid. Uh, so is that in character for him to take? I don't know if he would have done that. Take, like I think his radar would have been up that something was not right. Well, that you know? that's the thing. I think that um, from from the moment he like stopped to pick her up, that he knew something. Oh, was so you think right. he knew? He knew something. They were coming to get him. Okay, all right. That, that's... Yeah. So let me tell you, folks. He when he when he's get the offer to do her, he does her. Um, he this puts the the term graphic sex scene in real context, doesn't it? It's graphic, and it goes on for a while, guys. He he really does her just about every way from Sunday. Um, and kudos, like I said, to the woman who's a hundred percent in that scene. But whoo, yeah. And it it's also interesting to think of, like, so clearly th- this is. This team set up is that this woman goes and has sex with the mark, right? And they then kill the mark, like right at the end, right? But it's it's with like, the sniper how... rifle, and then there's two people that are approaching the cabin. So there's one guy way off of this with a sniper rifle, and then there's two, I think, two or three that are are, are coming up to the cabin. Yeah. But to just think, like, how annoyed must the rest of the team be at this point? Like, let's say this is their tenth mission. <laughs> that's, that's ten times they had to listen to her go for like half an hour oh, before they yeah. yeah, I don't understand why they would have waited for him. Yeah, that's a, it goes for a long time, folks. Longer than it probably should have, even even for a movie stand. I'm like, we get it, we get it. Like after the first couple times, but then there's like three or four or five sequences there. So I'm like, well, where's the payoff on this? I was actually like, I'd lost you know track of time, um, just watching these guys screw. Uh, but so yeah, and then but but once. The attack happens. Let me tell you, he, this guy has to do the rest of the scene nude, and that's it's kind of an amazing sequence of how he gets out of that situation, and ends up killing uh, these four four people, I think, at the time. Not the fifth one's gone out there. Um, yep. Just absolutely stunning. This is this is a good example of good editing and good stunt work, I think, on the part of uh, the actors and the filmmaker. It's a really well shot sequence. In fact, if you guys, if you just want to fast forward to that, I wish I had the time time stamp on it, but. Uh, it's a great example because he has to go inside and and kill those, and he has to go outside, and he's uh, he's nude for a good chunk of it. Yeah, yeah, it it's a uh, like I said before, I think it's probably the best scene in the film. Just from the the pacing of it is really well yep. done. The the way he dispatches the people is really well done too. Like it's, oh, it's uh, excellent. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. It's, it it's just a, a really cool scene, and as you said. A, good example of editing done right yeah i just wish it was in a better movie but yes this, this really is i guess everything like that and you run into that problem where your whole movie is built around one scene like they knew this scene i guess was in the comic so they knew they were gonna have to adapt this scene and it's a standout scene but the, you know it's everything surrounding that that kind of gets it gets away and again length is an issue too like i said this film is, it takes too long to even get to this scene um but when it does uh, you're not gonna be disappointed folks if you're into this type of uh, material it, it's really a stellar sequence to watch. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Even with a, a nude Mad Mickelson running around. Uh, but when he kills her with the axe, I thought that was probably one of the best kills of that. Uh, he takes care of her ass real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it, 
Yeah, the the next one, as you say, like he's nude and he goes outside, and like you have to think how far away this sniper is, and he walks around to get. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah yeah. It totally nude. Also, I want to back up for a second. We were talking about funny sequences. How about that one where all the killers went to that one house and the guy tried to jump out the window, <laughs> and he just bounced on it. I wish there was more funny stuff like that. He ends up getting killed later on, but like that, you know. Again, if you're pushing the material, but then you go from that to a sequence like this, which is dead serious and extremely well executed. So it's yeah. hard to know where the, where the line falls on this film. That's the problem with that. I just wish it was just tonally more consistent. Because yeah, uh, every time I want to get on board with it, I'm thrown out of the movie by some other wackiness. Like something else will just stop the film cold, or there'll be some other comic scene that doesn't fit with the previous scene. And I'm like, man, like just you know, just pick a tone here. Um, yeah, and it, it it does feel like they they wanted to keep the grittiness of the comic, which they definitely do with some of yep. the scenes. Yes, they do. But then outside of that, they they weren't able to fully understand. Like, okay, you can have the humor now, but you don't have to go that far. Or right, like in the, the there was a clever scene in that scene we were talking about about the kids, where the kids are asking normal questions about his travels, and his only frame of reference for the countries he's been in is what is the people he killed and how he killed them. And I yeah. thought that was clever. That was a nice ju- juxtaposition of the two. Um, again, but that's you know that's one thing, and then you're thrown into some other wackiness, and then you're thrown into something else. So stuff starts getting lost. You know, the longer it goes on. Yeah. But this and scene's a good one, guys. This one is the one um, really to highlight a film. And the end scene, we're gonna, we'll are we get to it. It's coming up. But Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I will say as well, uh, I I didn't notice it uh, too much at the beginning of the film, but uh, the music in this is it, quite good, and especially right at the end of the film. It, it, like, it seemed to really really kick in really well and it's it's all by dead mouse oh that's interesting uh yes the music i like the music i also like when they weren't using music there's a couple sequences that don't have any music um especially a hallway sequence we're going to get to near the end there uh, yeah. just him killing people and i thought that was effective too so yeah, thought, the, yeah. the sound editing on this film is uh, really good so, uh, so he knows these people are after. He knows that he has to kill this ultimate guy, and he's, he kills all these these fucking clowns. And so he has to go get help from somebody, an old an old assassin. And uh, here you go. Here's uh, is that who I think it is? Number two, fucking Richard Dreyfus. Yep. Like we're talking Jaws, Richard Dreyfus, folks. We're talking that Richard Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. First of all, I barely recognized him. He looks terrible. I don't know if it was intentional or he's just at the end of his life. He's bloated. He just looks. He just looks absolutely terrible. In fact, I had to do a double take. I'm like, I'm like, because he started singing. I'm like, that guy looks like Richard Dreyfus. I'm like, oh god, that's actually Richard Dreyfus. So it's <laughs> folks, it's depressing. If you don't really can't handle that, just skip over that scene because. And he has one scene that anybody could have done. They could have brought in a day player to do that scene. They didn't need Richard Dreyfus, Academy Award winning, right? Academy Award winner Richard Dreyfus, I believe. I believe he wants so. to, yeah, but here I don't know how he got into this movie. I think he just wandered in from craft services. I think he was just on a break and he just poked his head in the studio and he was like, "Hey, what? hey, you got karaoke." <laughs> I mean, it, it does seem like there must have been a just he knew a family somebody. connection. Yeah, somewhere. there has to be. There has to be. There's no reason for him to be in this movie. He has nothing to do. He has one scene of just exposition and he tricks Mads and they end up catching him because he's able to drug him. But anybody could have done this, dude. 
Like, you didn't need Richard Dreyfus to do that. <laughs> it's weird. Isn't it weird? It's just weird. That was the last person I thought would be in this movie, literally. It, it Johnny is. Knoxville, yes. I could, I could get my head around that. Richard yeah. Dreyfus, no. <laughs> yeah, it is a very odd pick. And, uh, and again, like you said, it took me a long time for it to click. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I honestly didn't recognize him. Like, he look, kind of looks like Richard Dreyfus. I'm like, oh, no. It's like, and so he's not in good shape, folks. Uh, I don't know what, what his health status is, but it's not pretty. Anyway, he does his two minutes, and he's out, and they capture uh, the uh, Bond villain captures Mads. And, of course, now we got to have the lethal weapon torture scene. And If you haven't seen lethal weapon, folks, you can just go rent that. Um, and it's bloody and violent, so and goes on for a couple of days, I believe. Which would he would have bled out a long way before that happened. But. Yeah, it's um, but he has four days until his contract is up, and so right. it's, uh, um, you see three days of the torture. And I will say that uh, kind of an excellent use of Chekhov's smoking gun. Uh, yes, good use of music. We'll give that. Yeah, also, yeah. we should say he kidnapped the Vanessa Hudgens and turned her into a heroin junkie. So he had, does have her in his possession. That's why he's there to yeah, get her and back. It, and yeah, just um, like I said, because they, they have a scene at the beginning where Mads is going for his health checkup and all of this sort of stuff. And uh, and he just does mention, like, you know, never too late just to get rid of that shrapnel. And that Mads is just like, oh, don't worry about it. And, and then that comes into play in the torture scene where it causes the scalpel to break. Now, I th- I thought that was well done and a good callback. However, um, the fact that he then uses the broken scalpel blade to pick a lock. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to slide with that. The issue I had is how he had any energy at all to get up and kill everybody <laughs> after. And, he can- and let me tell you, from that point when he gets up, to the end of that sequence, I don't. He must have killed like thirty people. It's a lot, and I mean, there's no way this guy would have had any energy to do. It. First of all, they stabbed his eye. He would have bled out from that. He lost an eye. He does lose his left eye. Um, and he had a lot of wounds. But anyway, yeah, would he? And like, and like, this is another example where technically it's well done. There's good yeah. editing. The uh, the the stunt work is fantastic. The hits are, are brutal. And not for this first opening sequence, but then later on in that hallway, he has to go down some tunnel. It's really a tunnel, folks, not a hallway. Like Daredevil. And he has to kill a lot of guys in that tunnel. <laughs> and it, and it's real and that's where the music actually drops off and you're just watching him just, just go through the go through this sec the sequence. And it's pretty stunning, I have to say, even for one of these type of movies. Yeah, well, I, I was actually going to bring up Daredevil. Yeah, imagine if Daredevil killed people, <laughs> and that's like this like is what you killed seen them. Oh in, yeah, uh, in that show. He had some really good kills in that, but yeah, it's, and it's a long, long sequence. But he does get out of this situation and um, gets patched up by some black chick who was not introduced anywhere before. Just another character they got to try. I don't even know who the woman is. Uh, she was she was fine, you know, actress. Yeah, I, I need to cite out her color. She's an African American actor. She was fine for what she had to do. But again, this is another character we don't know. Like he finds a safe house, and you know, and all, and like within a day, he's back up. Look, this guy took. There's no way this guy would be functional, <laughs> even to do this end sequence. I mean, he was in bad shape. Yeah, you, know, you have to. There's you know, only so far you can suspend disbelief before you start got to start questioning stuff. Yeah, um, it, it it really is just um, uh, like it's not even really plot armor. Because he quite clearly doesn't have that, based on how badly he's beaten up. But it's just uh, uh, he's effectively got the the stamina of a Saiyan, 
because <laughs> he, he'd beaten up, he's cut and all of this, and then within about five hours of sleeping it off, he's pretty much fine. Man, I bumped my shin a couple weeks ago, and I thought I was done for the night. So I can't imagine doing with this. There's no way I'd be able to do what this guy would went through and still get up and walk around. He got his eye. He lost an eye, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so anyways, he gets patched up, and, and this woman that he used to know, I guess he used to be a former lover, whatever he was, she has access. She has, uh, conveniently, a lot of um, Fast and Furious weapons, like a shitload of guns. Uh, like automated guns, right, with these fun gloves. And now the glove thing is cool. We're getting, we're getting to that sequence. But he has to get loaded up with some some things to have a final standoff. Yeah. Although I I will say that uh, it, it did make it seem like we would end up in a, a almost uh, Matrix style <laughs> in, the, the, in the shootout scene where it just be, here's a gun, here's a gun, here's a gun. And, it's, and he doesn't, he only uses the one thing. The two of them, yeah. There's two of them. I think. We're well, okay, sure. yeah. So. Yeah. There's like I say one. one. He uses two of one thing. Well, so. well that's because yeah. we got to get to the end of the movie. This has been going on for so long. They don't have time to do another full blown shootout, especially after that hallway sequence. So anyway, yeah, he he, he wants an exchange. He'll exchange his life for the Vanessa Hudgens character's life, and uh, they set up a meeting place. And of course, they the bad guys think they got to jump on him because they find him. They track his cell phone, which you know everybody does now. Anyway, he's waiting for them in this warehouse. And this is the second best sequence, I thought, um, how he takes out, what, another, what, 20, 30 guys. There's quite a few. Oh, oh yeah. Solid and Catherine Winnick. And Catherine Winnick, we should say. Yeah. I don't know if he killed her, though. That was left. Uh, he, I don't think he, he killed didn't, her. He didn't. I don't think he did. Um, that so she, would need, she would definitely need medical attention. So it, I think it's up to you to decide whether right. or not she bled out there or not. But he has these really cool gloves that... that you know, activate the guns that are behind him, above him. And, uh, yeah, he just flexes his fingers and wipes out all these guys in one shot. And it's pretty effective. I thought that was a pretty, pretty good sequence. Yeah. If you've it, seen the trailer, though, it's been ruined for you. So don't watch the trailer if you want to yeah, check sadly. it out. It, it, yeah, it was something that I saw in the trailer. And they, they obviously don't show you the whole scene. No. But they show you him with the gloves and they show you guns firing. So it's like, ah, okay, this is... Uh, Somewhere in it, so it was uh, somewhat spoiled, but the, the yeah. actual aftermath was uh, was not shown. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, very the, clever though, very clever the, sequence. The thing that, uh, again, like trying to bring logic into a film like this, but uh, the, the thing that uh, I had an issue with was the fact that uh, Catherine Winnick's character didn't <laughs> even consider the possibility that he knew that they were tracing him. Oh yeah, I, well, yeah. She wasn't. I told you her character was just was there. I mean, I, I didn't understand. Like she's supposed to be the number one. I thought. I thought she was the number one. Like n- next to him, she was the number two assassin or whatever. And so I never understood why she wasn't onto us. Um, yeah, she didn't figure that out. But yeah, like and she, then they walk right into it. You know, she walked right up to him too, which is really dumb. Like she does a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah, it. it she spends the entire film telling the leader of the organization not to underestimate him. And then she underestimates him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, grossly underestimates him. Uh, so, yeah, so she wipes out all that. Now he's got to go after the, the final villain, which is, of course, the Bond villain. Uh, I thought pretty good death scene. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought that was pretty clever how they shot, how that ended up. Uh, yeah, he gets it good. He gets it real good. Oh, he does. And I, I really enjoyed the way that the guards were just like, fuck it, I'm That done. was a great, yeah, that's another thing I really liked. That. How they, and he just let him go. 
Like yeah. he's like, they, they were no more threat. I just, they, they scoot by him. I thought that, yeah, that was really clever. Yeah, and, so the, and the first guard, when he walks through the door, and they just go, he's upstairs, first door on the left. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mr. Matt Lucas dies a horrific death. Uh, pretty clever, I thought. I guess that was from the comic, too, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it looks I... like a little comic panel scene. So they have a lot of that in this movie, these little stylized um, shots. Uh, and that's one. He, so he does get it really good. Yeah. And Victim of his own weapons, I guess. And then the um, yes, the poor receptionist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up that mess. Yeah. And I, I did just like this kind of like, you know, the Mr. Blute uh, just at the headless body just spurting Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, just blood <laughs> pouring everywhere. Oh, man. It's like, yes, yes, that is Mr. Blute. Or at least it was. Yeah. <laughs> So he gets the girl, he re- takes her, rescues the girl, and, and takes her back to the cabin, and weans her off the heroin, you know, just all in ten seconds. And then, of course, we get the final, the, the big reveal here. Uh, as it turns out, the the girl that he was interested, this girl turns out to be the girl. Now, he, did he know this was the girl or not? That was in the, um, the, I... ba- the hit gone bad. He had a hit that went bad, and it was a nine-year-old girl that was left, he left alive, and this turns out to be the girl, and that's why he's been paying out this money. Did he know that this was the girl or not? Um, he he did not. Based on everything we're given from the film, he did not. Okay. Because uh, she asked, she even asked him, like, were you not curious? Did you not look me up? And he said that he didn't want to interfere. Okay. Like, and... Uh, yeah, all right, that, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I can see, all right, I got it, I got it. Um... Yeah, I thought again, Vanessa Hudgens. I thought I don't see. I don't know if she's. I'm. I know I was distracted by the stupid wig. But aside from that, <laughs> what you th- I don't know if she was miscast or not. I thought maybe there's another actress who would have been a little bit stronger. She has to do some serious. Unfortunately, her big emotional stuff is right here at the end of the movie, which sucks. So just when the movie is getting going, it ends. Um, yeah. And I wish it was a, this was pushed forward a little bit, and there was a little bit more from her. Because, like I said, you don't know why she's the jumpy and and gets freaked out with guns and shit like that until this scene. Uh, and she's doing some like she's she's a hundred percent. I'll give her credit. She's, but I don't know if she's the, she was the best choice for this role. I think there may have been an actor who would have came across a little bit more convincingly. I don't know. But there's a lot of glitter and tears in her face, which I didn't really. But you can always tell the difference with, uh, through lighting. But I don't yeah, know. I, don't, I didn't quite buy. It. I, I like the end shot though, which is basically the Lee on the professional shot at the very end because now they're gonna team up, and it looks like there's a whole series of movies. Right? That's the other problem. The movie doesn't really end. It That's stops. Sad. I don't know if they're going to make any more. Oh yeah, least. well it's set it's set up to make more. I don't know if they will, but that ends is clearly that they're going to team up and go after some other people. Because remember, that's what she asked them. She wanted to know about the guy who set who was the guy who hit set the hit for my father. Yeah, and he so that's who she was. He didn't out. know, but that and that's the last shot of the movie is the Leon the professional shot where they're just kind of staring at the camera for no reason, waiting for somebody to say cut. I hate that shot. And then the movie just ends. It just pulls back, and you're like, what? So the movie's just getting going. So it is set up for a sequel. Now, whether that's going to happen, we don't know. Yeah, and I, I, could, see, I could see Netflix doing one more. Um, okay. I, I, don't, I don't think they will, but I could see them doing it just because, uh, well, like, Obviously, the the critical reaction to this film has been relatively negative. Oh, good. Well, right, well. It's, it's been, let's see, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's uh, currently at about 24%. Yeah, basically everything I just said. Yeah, I know that I don't have to read the reviews on that one. They said all yeah. the same things we did, right? Just derivative stuff that we've seen with a few stylized yeah. sequences that we really liked. Um, Metacritic at 19 out of 100. So oh, yeah, it, Jesus. It, oh. Not, not doing brilliantly. Um, Damn. Well, that's the end of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
But it is set up, though, because, like I said, he, she asked about the father, plus you, Catherine Winnick, we assume, is alive, so she would come into play in a sequel, too. So there, there's more there that they could do. Yeah, and, well, I mean, you've got Netflix clearly will put money behind films that do quite <laughs> badly or, like, get the press, because, I mean, Adam Sandler. But... Oh, <laughs> I thought we weren't going to mention him anymore, but... Uh, uh, I wouldn't have, but they gave That's a him, great example. They they gave him the money for the films he did. I know the magnificent so, or the whatever the hell that bloody one. Well, was this is the problem just... when ne- I know. Yeah, I know. But this problem with Netflix uh, because even if they're negative, they're still getting views. So Netflix is based uh, basing their success of the film on the number of views. Not mm-hmm. if it's good or bad, and that's how they push forward with these sequels. You understand? That's why Adam Sandler keeps getting money. Not that his films are good, as people are watching it and realizing they're shit. And they could watch five minutes, and does that count as a view? See, Netflix is not telling us how the algorithm is working over there, so we don't know. We're just going, but apparently, you know, they're throwing, mo- they keep throwing money at it, so they think it's a success, even though these films fucking suck. Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing. I think that um, I think they're very well aware of this sort of stuff, and I I do think that. I'm all for them not saying how they work out there. No, I'd like to know. I'd, I'd rather know, man. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know, but I I am still perfectly fine with them not giving it out as long as they still keep doing most of what they're doing. All right, this is the same network that did Green Book, okay? <laughs> Probably the most racist film of the year. So I don't, I don't know. These guys aren't really too high on my list. We've been bashing Netflix for a while now. Well, and, uh, I mean, very true, but they do still have some solid hits, like, uh, especially in TV. So you got Black Mirror, you got a series of unfortunate events and stuff like that. You, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they have stuff solid. that is working for them. Yeah, I can't completely, but, but man, oh man. Uh, but this one, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully there won't be a sequel, but <laughs> don't be surprised, folks, if they polar two. Polar opposite, it should be called. You know, I... <laughs> bipolar, it should be the sequel. Because <laughs> that's what you, you... I felt bipolar watching it. it. And that's the tonal problem, like I, like I mentioned. Again, you know, if you guys, if you're into this kind of shit, um, and you can, you can, you know, you're like a John Wick director, you're, you're bored on a Friday, and you want John, something John Wicky or Leon the Professional, then maybe this, maybe this is your cup of tea. Well, that, that, that's what I was actually going to say. Like, I, I know that it's... Uh... Yeah, it's not the best example of uh, what's out there, but there are some stellar scenes there are. in it, and I, some, yeah. some great, um, some great choices. Cinematography, as we said, uh, yeah, that's earlier, excellent. Like, that's uh, really fantastic. good. So I actually quite enjoyed just sitting wow. down and watching this. Um, this would have been a super fun. If it was just ninety minutes, it would have been great. I think there's a great ninety-minute film here. I don't think there's a great one hundred eighteen-minute. I think it's just too long. It's just too long. There's yeah, scenes I, that go on and on and on and on. You're like, just you could cut these scenes in half, and you know, and a couple of those people, ones that they were looking for them, they could have been, they could have cut two of those out. We didn't need to see them kill like twelve people. Well, well, yeah. not, not even necessarily that. Like, um, what they could have done, uh, especially given the feel that they seem to be going for, it could have been you saw the first one, and you see that right. in the entirety, and then everyone right. after that. Short. Like it just cuts to them killing the person who's oh, at yeah. the location. See? So you could have, yeah, you could have condensed probably eight minutes of screen time down to two with that, or maybe three. Yeah, you're right, Paul. You're right. That's a very simple edit. That's a very simple edit choice. Uh, and that would have cut. That would have cut some of the blowout out. I feel. I think yeah. you're right on that, Paul. I think you're right on the re-edit. And so, like, I mean, 
Hell, if it was uh, if it was legal, I would give it a go myself. Just well, you can. You can do your own uh, fan edit and call it a fan edit. But yeah, if you got the time, Paul, go ahead, cut that shit down. It <laughs> could be your new thing. I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch your version of it because yeah, just take out the bloat. All you do is take out some of the bloat. I think you would have a funner movie. I think because I think that like some of the, when the humor works, it works, and when the serious stuff works, it works. It's just totally they're just not working together. Yeah. So it just needs to be blended a little better. So like I said, there's good stuff here. I thought. But I just wish it wasn't buried with everything else. Yeah, it's uh, um, th- yeah, that, that's the thing. I I don't fully agree with um, with some of the critical stuff. I I feel like, funnily enough, I feel like the the critics are a bit too critical of this film. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I can definitely see why a lot of people could be put off by this one. It's it is very stylized and well, it's also great. A lot of people are gonna put some people are gonna be really put off by the violence. There's an excessive amount of violence. And nudity. I mean, you know, if there's some, pr- you know, if you're prudish, and then this is not your cup of tea, guys. This is not the film for you. You know, even John, this is not your John Wick type film because that's more restrained even than this. Yeah, I mean, and, and John Wick is excessive. It, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting as well because um, uh, looking at this film in America, I guarantee you that the if it were to be released on DVD, the it would receive the R rating for the nudity. In England, it would receive the R rating for the violence. Violence. Like <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there was a lot of nudity, guys. A lot. But, uh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, so like I said, it's, you know, you're bored on a Friday night. Have at it. But <laughs> Otherwise, I, I just say go watch. Just wait for John Wick 3, which is coming out, what, another couple months? Or April, maybe next month? Um, just wait for John Wick 3. Yeah, I, I need to see the second one. Like soon, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's dynamite. So yeah, I just yeah, just if, you, if this is the type of genre, folks, you like, just hang in there another month, and John Wick will take care of you. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, I, I don't have, uh, I don't think I've got much more left to say on this. Uh, yeah, that's it. We said it. Yeah, just watch John Wick. I don't know what to tell you, folks. <laughs> like, unless you unless you want to see a lot of graphic nudity, some violence, and a really good standout sequence in the middle with the abandoned cabin or the cabin sequence. Um, for technical reasons, yeah, check it out. So, <laughs> otherwise, no, don't watch it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, with that uh, public service. It's a film now. we would have. Yeah, we would have flushed this. By the way, if we were to tell the good thing we did it on Paul's show because I would have been a lot meaner on my show if we had flushed this one. I would have been in a real bad mood. So, uh, Paul caught me on a good night. Yeah. Well, um, I I mean I need to keep you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I need to keep you uh, up to date with all of these sorts of films before you come back. So maybe That's I'll true. This is a good warm up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I do enjoy this part. Yeah, it's a good warm up for me getting back into the game. We are coming back, folks. So just hang in there. Uh, <laughs> we'll be we'll be we need to because we're the only ones left. Everybody else. This country's gone totally PC and there's uh, you can't make jokes anymore. So we got to come back and show them that you can um, <laughs> violently. So uh, um well, I, I think with all that being said, we can probably uh, leave it there. Um, so, as I said at the beginning, if you want to get a hold of us here, um, Blockbusters, you know where all of that sort of stuff is. Where can people get a hold of you? Signalsoffury.com. We still got our uh, old episodes. All the episodes are still up, folks. We're still there. Check them out. Signalsoffury. At Signalsoffury on Twitter. And uh, Instagram is uh, hnight69 if you want to check me out on Twitter. But uh, you know, you know, tweet at us. Let us know you want us back. We'll be, and we'll, we're coming back. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, with all that being said, then I've been Paul, and I've been on our night. I'll see you next time. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. And-
Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh... Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.